0: I owe you an apology. (laughs) Yeah, for what? When we talked about this last week, I promised you that Tom Cruise is going to be mowing through hot ladies. (laughs) <laughs> and uh you were quite dismayed to find out that he did not i don't know what number you were imagining in your head but whatever the number was he didn't sleep with that many women and you seem pretty upset about it so yeah well you guaranteed me like dozens of women <laughs> i did not and, guarantee it and at all there was a total of three women that tom cruise has sex with in this movie <laughs> i would not consider three a bunch no that's okay yeah no. uh, so i'm sorry is yeah. how we're gonna say this enough i apologize. No, I know you were looking for a lot more <laughs> Tom Cruise banging you, than what you got. It was just sort of you setting my expectations high, and my expectations for this movie were pretty high. Tom Cruise, Cocktail, I imagined that this was sort of a 80s classic. Like, this was something that people looked to and were like, this is an amazing movie. I was worried, actually, that I'm like, maybe this isn't, you know, bad enough to be on our podcast. But then after doing a little bit of research, looking into it a little, did you know that this won the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Picture? No. Are you familiar with the Golden Raspberries? Yeah. So the Razzies, they're called. Yeah, 1988 Worst Picture Cocktail. Here's a little fun trivia fact. We watched Can't Stop the Music a couple weeks ago. Can't Stop the Music is the first ever Golden Raspberry Award winner for worst picture. <laughs> the very first year, really, would took took it home over wow. some stiff competition. A lot of bad movies that year. Holy cow! We we might have to. I'm sure we're going to be watching a lot of movies that have received the Golden Raspberry over. Yes, yeah. But this, so th- it allayed all my fears because as soon as I saw that, I was like, Oh no, this is bad. Yeah. Well, and then we watched it and I was like, Oh yes, this is this is not, <laughs> <it's> not great. <laughs> you mean it wasn't your favorite movie ever? It's, uh, no. Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. Uh, I'm Cooper. I'm Nolan. And if you haven't picked up already, we are discussing Cocktail today, the 1988, I don't want to use the word classic. Tom Cruise classic. Yeah. Tom Cruise bartending movie, essentially. And, uh, for me, like, this movie, it starts out real hot and it just flames out. I actually gave it two rankings, which uh, we'll talk about at the end. Okay. Uh, at the end of the podcast, we always give our movies a ranking. Well, two rankings. Yes. One to ten for how bad it is, and one to ten for how enjoyable it is, and what are we hoping to achieve? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's coming. Say it. The crit crit one, 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 one. That's right. Ten or to ten on both <laughs> scales. So far it hasn't happened, but you know, one of these days it's got to. We're gonna find it's, something it's that's gotta pop up there. We've that's, gotten that's close on a few. There's been some really enjoyable, really bad movies we've we've watched together. Yeah, we have actually that's true. We came close on a couple. I was at uh, eighteen for Can't Stop the Music. 9 nice. and 9 man it's That's a uh, good one it's enjoyable yeah so uh we're going to talk about cocktail and we are going to drink some delicious beer today we are drinking half remembered dream from the small pony barrel works in ottawa ontario canada have you ever had anything from small pony before so this is my second beer. We we shared one before. This will be the first one that I've ever oh, had right, yeah. on my own. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. They This is a blend of golden sour beers, and they are all been aged in oak barrels. Yeah, so they only do sours, and they only – it's all barrel-aged. Everything they do is barrel-aged with something. They put a lot of fruit in there a lot of times, fruit forward. This one contains rose hips and hibiscus, so – I've had this before. I love it. It basically just tastes like an alcoholic version of Swedish berries. Oh, my God. So I've been looking forward to this the whole time. <laughs> this has been sitting in your fridge and you've been dying to get into this, haven't you? Well, I had some other bottles earlier that are no longer in my fridge. But yes, yeah. this is this is one well, of my that's favorites they make. Uh, so. This is really cool. It's a big 750 mil bottle. Yes, sir. They do uh, smaller versions also. They sell smaller bottles of a lot of their favorites. I love that it has a date on it. They've dated it. It's aged. Um, it's bottle conditioned. So that's really, really cool. They have a poem on the back. To sort Which of how fitting well. since this movie has a couple of scenes where guys are firing off poems. I'm like, this is just it ties in so nicely. It is perfect. But both the poem and the sort of title about the dream because as we find out cocktails and dreams man yeah cocktails it's, and dreams it's beautiful let's get into it yes please cooper just failed i kind of oh, I, oh boy I kind of wow which one of us failed <laughs> i uh, kind of biffed yeah. it on the cap opening well, but you poured out. beer all over the well it's fucking pouring thing. out of both of us oh jesus yeah and we're back we decided. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Descented right in the yeah. chaos for a minute there. Ooh, right as I was making fun of Cooper for having trouble using a bottle opener, my beer started to explode out of the top of the bottle, and which you deserved. Yeah, oh yeah, started pouring all over yeah. me, and, and then, then but then I started taunting you about spilling, and then my beer also started overflowing. So we all got what we deserved now. <laughs> but we're all cleaned up now, towelled off, and ready to talk about cocktail. Yeah, that's pretty perfect, actually. Oh man, oh. yeah. So. We open with some kind of stock 80s rock music. I don't know what the song was. I'm sure it's an actual song. Actually, this soundtrack for this movie, huge seller, giant, giant hit. The first line in my notes is sweet soundtrack. Like yeah. immediately I recognized that this was going to be fun. So I didn't recognize the opening song. It must be something. We see Tom Cruise in, well, we weren't sure if it was a cop car. He's There with some army guys. Yeah, I think it was a military vehicle. We thought it was a police car at first, but it, it turns out it's a military vehicle. It seems like he's was in the military. Yeah, he says he's like, he's. I think he says he's back from the war, but I'm like, which which war? When did this movie set? This is the yeah. 80s. Was there a war in the 80s? I think he just did military service. I don't yes. think he was at war. Uh, there might have been something in the Persian Gulf at the time. Like maybe they were insinuating something was okay. happening there would be my guess. But I don't know. I, I don't know. We were way too young at that time to yes. have a recollection. Uh, anyway, they pull over this Greyhound bus and Tom Cruise gets on the bus is headed for New York and he is going to make a million dollars in fact he's reading a book and the title of the book is how to make your idea into a million dollars so <laughs> he starts talking to a little kid and w- tells that kid that one day that they're going to own that city yeah as they pull in like him and the kid are yeah that was weird like i guess he was they're trying to show that he was like a friendly guy and get along with children but it was a little weird There's no fucking way that lady lets some guy on a bus hold her child if this is happening today. Oh, God, no. No fucking way. 1988 was a really different world than the one we have right now. Yeah, man. So when he gets to New York, we meet his Uncle Pat. His Uncle Pat owns a bar. They catch up a little bit. His uncle asks him, you know, what are you going to do now? And Tom Cruise's answer, make a million. That's just his whole fucking, this his whole character motivation. They've really hammered it into us. Yeah, he's he's going to get rich. He needed his time, and now it's time for him to get his. So his Uncle Pat tells him, here's the deal. What you need to do is you need to outthink, outwork, outmaneuver, and make no friends. Yeah. And that's going to be important for later. Dirty, unfun money is sort of how he described it. He definitely yeah. said it was, it, earning money is not good. And then he sort of is a dick to the people at his bar. Well, but okay, but here's the thing. That bar, kind of a shithole. Oh, yeah. So how does Uncle Pat have all this knowledge about you know, how to make all this money? His bar is like, it's got to be in kind of a sketchy neighborhood, he knows how to run a dive. That's what he knows. Yeah. And, and he knows that if you're a dick to people and you don't give free drinks, you're going to survive with a dive. That's true. But is surviving the same as making... Does like Uncle Pat have a million oh, dollars? I know. So then why would you listen to him? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think he does show that he has some money saved up later. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So maybe he is doing okay. But All right. Is he having fun? No. No. And neither are his customers, as you pointed out. <laughs> so the next day, Tom Cruise is out interviewing... Uh, he's on Wall Street, tries to get a job there, maybe something in advertising. But everywhere he goes, he's got no luck because he has no degree, no credentials. And then this was so confusing to me. He checks out a help wanted sign in a bar. It turns out to be a TGI Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> but the the main uh, thing is this appears to be closed at like 5 p.m. Like he walks in they're like bars closed. And I'm like, there's no fucking way he was interviewing at like 9 p.m. at night. Like it's still daylight. Why is this fucking bar closed in New York? Yeah, it was weird. I had the interpretation of that scene that he was doing those interviews early morning and that he was showing up at the bar like as it was being cleaned and prepped for the the new day. I can't believe that that's true, and here's why. We see at least, at least six people interviewing him, okay? Yeah. Presumably at different companies, not all in the same building. Let's say your earliest interview is fucking 9 a.m. Walk right in the door, do one first thing in the morning. He's got to do that one, travel somewhere else, do that one, travel somewhere else. I don't think he... Like, that place would be open by, like, noon. They'd be open for lunch. It's a fucking TGI fridays They're <laughs> selling lunch. He, yeah. he doesn't knock out six interviews in less than two hours. No fucking way. But it was weird. It seemed like... I think it was just called Fridays in the movie, but there's definitely implying TJ Fridays. Oh, like, it clearly and, is. And I think it's just a bar at this time. Like, I don't think it is extended to, like, restaurant, other stuff. I'm not sure... Also, those interviews last about 30 seconds each because he doesn't have a college degree. So technically, he could have got through those in oh, like 45 I don't know, minutes. Man. That's, that's I think all we're, needed. we're making a leap here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So he goes to the TGA Fridays. This is where we meet the best character in this movie <laughs> Douglas Coughlin, mm. who gives him the first of many Coughlin's laws. Is he Australian? Yeah, definitely. Okay. It's Brian Brown as the actor, star of FX and many other high-quality things that I can't think of right now. (laughs) But yeah, man, he tells him we're on the Upper East Side. This is the saloon capital of the world. It's the big time. And he asks Tom Cruise, are you ready for the big time? (laughs) He is not. No. We see him on his first bartending shift. Customers are shouting at him. Waitresses are shouting at him. Luckily, Coughlin sees his talent, which basically his talent in this movie is just being handsome. He's handsome and he didn't give up. He didn't quit. There was definitely some perseverance in that first night. It was actually a pretty good scene. Like, I enjoyed that moment where he was floundering and they had all those close-ups. All the waitresses are yelling at him. Well, that was one. Of my favorite part of the scene was the one of the waitresses is asking him for something that sounds really exotic. And he has to look it up in a bar manual. And it turns out it's a rum and coke. And he's just <laughs> like, you bitch. Why didn't you tell me it was a rum and coke? And she just kind of shrugs like that. Yeah. But that's enjoyable, They were man. putting him to the gears for sure. They were definitely like to to him. It was funny. He survives, though. And, you know... Coughlin sees his talent. Cruz isn't really sure. The waitresses hate me. Well, you wait till you've given them crabs, and you'll really know hatred. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth. Yeah, that one definitely set me on tilt. I was like, "Wow, he is saying that you're gonna sleep with them all and give them an STI." That, that was, was a spit take for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. oh man, Cruz is gonna stick it out. For now, anyway, he's learning all over the place. He's uh, in college, as we see, and he's behind the bar. And he kind of starts loosening up, having fun, and the waitresses and customers love it. And so do I. The facial expressions when he's behind the bar doing this stuff. He's fucking cranked up to 11. It's great shit. Really entertaining. Like, this part of the movie seems really promising. This is what I expected about this movie. I just thought it was going to be about a super fun bartender. Yeah, well, two super fun bartenders. Yeah. And we get we get the, like the glimpses of that, you know? Coughlin sees it right away. He wants to kind of take this show on the road. But Cruz is like, no, this is a part time job for me. City College Coughlin scoffs. And, you know, sure enough, Tom Cruise starts dozing off in his classes. He's had too many late nights. We got a clear conflict here. You know, he's a star at the bar, but he is just a nobody in class. Yeah. His professors start ragging on him really hard. This super asshole professor gives him an F on his paper. The one in which he says he's going to take his bar all across America And make it super popular, right? Yeah, the quintessential New York bar, he wants to put it in strip malls all over this country. Professor scoffs, Tom Cruise mouths off to him, and yeah, he gets failed. And what he says, or what he realizes, is that his professor is out of touch. He's been in this classroom for too long. He doesn't understand the streets. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And it was interesting because they they basically, he gives the idea of TGI Fridays. And I don't know the history of this and when it happened. Had it already started to expand across the U.S. when this movie was made? I don't know nearly enough about is this the history of TGI Fridays. Fridays. Is that this just an for TGI Fridays? I think what it's been is? around longer than since like 1988. I yeah, don't know. but that's what I mean. Like, is this a big ad for TGI Fridays? Is that like, is that a big product placement in here? Or did they pay a bunch know. of money it's for I don't know. That's a this? great question. I wonder if they funded this. Maybe they did, man. Yeah. It's uh Coughlin tells him, speaking of the streets, that where that bar is located, there's more wealth within one square mile of that bar than anywhere else in the world. And if he can figure out how to get it, he's going to be set. And the way Coughlin tells him to get it is to keep an eye open for dreamers, suckers, and so on. (laughs) Does he say and so on? No, he does. I, just, I forgot <laughs> what else it was. Okay. <laughs> but he mentions, you know, opening his own place and he wants to call it Cocktails and Dreams. And yeah. that's why we're drinking the Half Remembered Dream here today. Which is beautiful. Yeah. Cruise is a good name for a place, but they just need the cash. So, you know, let's make a deal. They try and decide how they're going to go in as partners. They settle on 60-40. Yeah, they debate this for a while. Clearly, Coughlin's being an asshole to him. Uh, but they figure it out. I mean, Coughlin's got the experience, but oh, yeah. realistically, it Tom Cruise's handsomeness is like the lure. That's the bait. Yes. And we see that almost immediately because they're performing behind the bar at TGI Fridays. You've got choreography. Apparently, this is called flair bartending. Oh. Have you ever seen this in real life? There's competitions and stuff, right? There are. Yeah. I struggled with this part of the movie because... If you're there, like, at the bar trying to get your drink, do you want to spend 15 minutes watching some dude fucking flip bottles? Actually, maybe you do. It sounds pretty cool. absolutely. I I would be all about it. Like, I want the entertainment with the booze because that's what the fun part is, right? You know who does not agree with you? Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert, and we reviewed this movie... Shit all over the idea that bar, like the bar patrons wouldn't just want to get their boozing out there as fast as humanly possible. Which I think tells you a thing or two about how Roger Ebert used to drink. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking get Yeah. Out. yeah. yeah. Oh. So they're fucking performing, though. They're doing great. And coincidentally enough, the owner of the hottest saloon in town is there at the TGI Fridays for some reason. Is you think he's there to scout them? Maybe he heard about this like amazing... Bartender, i gotta get down to tgi to, fridays to, to see these fucking guys but there's no way you own the like most impressive bar in new york city and you're going to tgi fridays that's what i was thinking i yeah, was thinking no the exact way. same thing and nothing against tgi fridays a fine fine establishment Look, absolutely but yeah if you own some fucking giant amazing bar i don't think like, i'm gonna grab a beer let me head down to tgi fridays the bar was weird the we're bar gonna, that they own yeah. yeah we're gonna get to that but yeah so he, he wants them he yeah. just wants oh, yeah. them he wants them for his bar and he tells them in 10 days you'll be famous Coglin with the just it's so appropriate. I'm already famous. Just give me the money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, this that, is entertaining. Like they are doing exactly what I'd hope they'd be doing in this movie. Uh, it's really fun. They have all these tension on them. They're doing all these bar tricks. Well, and I was the tension's like, on Cruz. Well, yes. They're doing this and there's like just some random women just I fucking the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely see him as a snack. Big time. They're, yeah. they're going to need the janitor to come with a mop to mop up underneath the stool this lady's oh, sitting on because, <laughs> well, we'll cut that part out, baby. Um, so, but that's it. Like, Cruise is, the, Cruise is the eye candy. Cruise is what it's all about. And when they start working at this bar called The Cell Block, we see this almost immediately because it's where we meet Gina Shine. Yeah, what a strange bar. Definitely kind of one of those weird 80s industrial futuristic kind of bar atmospheres you have all these people who definitely are coming from the upper echelons of new york society uh there's poetry there's strange outfits the first yuppie poet fires off something about capitalism and that that really coglin's quote this this poet cruz wanted to make a million this was just the 80s excess like it's all about the money yeah all about the money and i guess the movie does do a good job sort of showing that and that's where his inspiration is coming to yeah but he fires off this poem the other poet does but then tom cruise out poetries him and he does not do it on poetic value he just lists off drinks but yeah. because he's like handsome tom cruise everyone's fucking cheering and stuff and gina gershon <laughs> is there she's a photographer playing a photographer she's all in on it and as soon as he's done his poem listing off all these drinks one of which is called the orgasm she sashes up to the bar and just tells him i'd like to try which, uh, that was a big, like, <laughs> one of those big swallow moments, like a big gulp, just like so, oh, uh, it's intimidating, man. It was pretty funny. She just throws it all on the table right there. and Right away. Good for her. This is where maybe you're thinking pretty confident about your guarantee that he's going to be bagging tons of women. Uh, this is number one. <laughs> he immediately takes her back and they have a little pillow fight and a bit more than that. That's true. But before that happens, though, this is where we start to see the cracks in the Tom Cruise mm. Coughlin relationship because... She wants to take a picture of Cruz. Coughlin goes jump in the photo. This is my protege. I tell him everything I know. And she's like, that's great. Get out of the photo. Mm. So, this is where, again, like Cruz is the bait. Cruz is the lure. Coglin's getting pushed a little bit to the side. There's some tension there. And then, yes, they they hook up. She immediately declares herself his girlfriend. And she has a plan for how they can make all that money to open that bar. They're going to go to Jamaica. Yeah. Apparently, you can make a shit ton of money bartending in Jamaica. Coughlin's suspicious of all this. And, well, he's suspicious of her, really. And he tells Tom Cruise that she'll be in bed with someone else in one week, within a week. And they make a bet. Yeah. A $50 bet uh, to say that. And obviously, Cruise is like, nah. Yeah. This is fine. She's got I got her. Has anyone ever lost a bet faster than Tom Cruise in this movie? The oh, next okay. time we see them, she walks up to the bar, Cruise gives her a weird fucking smile. It's like like pursed lips and like no teeth. It's so strange. And then she just starts making out with Coglin. Turns out that he's the guy that's going to sleep with her inside of a week. Yeah, he does. Like he just goes and hooks up with her. I don't know what he says to her to convince her, but Coglin definitely uses some of his weird old Australian charm. Yeah, we get the impression that he like sort of told her that Cruz was like spreading tales of their love life all over town and she's offended by this so to get back at him she fucks fucking Coughlin yeah it's brutal like his friendship and mentorship is over this is it like over well, 50 now, bucks they're like I'm, I'm out of here it's only over because Tom Cruise gets all butthurt and runs off like Coughlin was <laughs> like I'm trying to teach you a lesson and Cruz is yeah. like hey, fuck you man, like, yeah. She was so upset. I mean, part of the mentorship is your girlfriend. That's uh interesting. He showed Cruz like this lady yeah. this is not a. This is not a forever kind of thing. That's fair. I can guess, can yeah. I just pause here for one second to say, begging Gina Gershon and winning fifty dollars. Like, that's a good week. <laughs> that's <laughs> a God good one? week by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. He lost his mentor though, and that starts to affect him. I think. I think this starts to. He starts taking some of this personally at this point. Cruz has had enough of this scene, so. He punches Coglin in the face. Yes. And then he quits the bar. The act is over. And now we hear the sweet sounds of the beach boys. <laughs> Kokomo. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, I love this part. We transition to him in the Caribbean. And this is what I thought the movie was going to be. Just Tom Cruise on a beach or at a beach bar wearing just the best Hawaiian t-shirts. I was so oh, jealous God, of his the his Yeah. I was like, I would take every piece of wardrobe. They were like ginormous on him because he's a tiny man. But uh, I was definitely jealous of his wardrobe. He's got some long sleeves in there too. Yeah. Everything was billowy. I guess it was the 80s. It's ironic that you got excited at this point because this is actually where the movie takes just a horrific turn. Oh, yeah. I was very wrong for sure. (laughs) I maintain if the whole movie was just Coughlin and Cruz bartending and like that whole scene and just doing their shit. Be so much of a better movie. Be like a Wedding Crashers of the eighties. Yeah, I would have been watching those two dudes fucking flare bartending, flipping bottles, betting women. That's a much better movie. But no, now we're in Jamaica. Tom Cruise is on his own. He saves a lady who's had too much champagne. He his quote about champagne is it's perfume going in and sewage coming out, which I don't. I've really? never drank perfume. I'm assuming it's yeah. not very tasty. I think you're gonna like get a better metaphor for that, maybe. I don't know. That's interesting. I haven't heard. I I didn't pick up on that in the movie for sure. Yeah, but he saves her and he impresses her friend by saving her. Her friend is Elizabeth Shue. They start flirting, and all of a sudden, Coglin shows up in Jamaica. Cruz has another great quote here. He tells they're kind of you know going back and forth a little bit, like you know, sort of some barbs. And Cruz tells him, You look like a guy who dyes his hair and shaves with a brillo pad. Mm. (laughs) A guy who gets an erection on his birthday if the wind is right. (laughs) What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) I wrote that down, too. It was hilarious. Um, I guess he's telling him he's, he's like, super easy or his erections are, like... See, I took it the other way. I took it as, like he's impotent and the only way to get erection is like very specific circumstances. Oh, like only if it's okay. his birthday, only if the wind is right. Otherwise, you know, uh uh-uh. <laughs> Maybe you are right. I guess that does make more sense. I don't know, man. Yours, yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah, They don't really explain it. It's kind of a strange <laughs> zinger. Yes. But you know what the weird part about this is, is Cruz is not unhappy to see him. Yeah, it's kind of weird. He's like, oh, my mentor's here. Uh, some time's past. He banged my girlfriend and we broke up and I punched him. But, uh, Hey. Nice to see you again. Time heals all wounds, they say. Yeah. And it turns out that Coglin has found his miracle. Those are his words. He is now married to a super rich lady played by Kelly Lynch from Roadhouse. So I've never seen Roadhouse. Oh, my God. Yeah, you were really excited about this when she That's showed up. That's a future up. episode. Okay. For sure. Nice. Yeah. I was excited about it, man. It's Roadhouse. Kelly Lynch. <laughs> Cruz kind of explains to Elizabeth Shue... What's happening here? What the deal is. Basically, Kelly Lynch, we think, has decided to piss off her rich parents by marrying a bartender. Cruz and Elizabeth Shoe, they're hitting it off. We get a little romantic, like, love montage. They're mm. riding horses on the beach. <laughs> so romantic. <laughs> it is pretty hilarious. This romantic love montage was pretty funny. You love montages, too. Oh, yeah. so I love fit, montages. Yeah, so I was, I was excited about it. Some good music, some slow down uh, yep. video, horseback riding, a weird, like, beach scene. There's some strange, yeah. But despite all of this, he's still restless. He's still looking for that million dollar idea. Yep. And, you know, they have a romantic day. They have some waterfall sex. Yeah. I, I was like, where was all the waterfall sex for my life? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you got to be near a waterfall first of all. How many waterfalls have you been near in your entire life? We live near a whole lot of them, but I guess. Oh, my God. Well, right. place to I, I happen. never. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Not, that's the wrong type of waterfall Whatever. This is going on, but unfortunately, time is running out in the relationship because this vacation for her can't last forever. So the clock's ticking. That night at the bar, Cruz and Coglin get in a dick measuring contest. Coglin is very critical of Tom Cruise's character, Brian Flanagan, being stuck where he is. And he bets him that he won't bed a rich lady, of which there are, I guess, a ton of rich people at this resort. Yeah, here you can clearly see Coughlin trying to push him again. He's trying to get him into the same situation that uh, he himself is in. He's like, if you really want to go somewhere, you got to bed a rich woman and then take her money and do what you want with it. Yeah, he's just basically advocating for like, (laughs) <laughs> he's, become, he's become a gigolo. <laughs> I guess he already has become one himself, right? Uh, Seems and, like it, yeah. And, and so Tom Cruise can't not take a bet, my friend. we has got to prove to Coggle that he can do, like, you know, he's proved himself. It, the mentor relationship is still, he's like, I got to prove I can do that. I can't so. It was so annoying. Well, you know, that's that's some people respond to negative reinforcement. Yes. So Cruise takes him up on it and does just an incredible match trick with the matchbook that was i don't know what that was he like lights one and like somehow sticks it in the matchbook flips it over to the lady it doesn't blow out it just lands flat with the match sticking up lit all she is like put her cigarette over it. it's incredible yeah so that works and then does he walk over and say the line they kind of have a back and forth and like he's yeah. there and then he's talking to people but like they're talking across the bar but what's the line excuse me do i have fuck me written on my forehead he is putting it on so hard yeah. that she's sort of like, "Oh, I must be uh, offering it up pretty easy here." And yet, she is. She, <laughs> yeah. Well, she goes to bed with him right in front of Elizabeth's shoe. You get that. You get that fucking that cliche shot where it's like they're walking off, like Elizabeth's shoes walking up to the bar and like stops and sees them as they walk by. Oh fuck, man! You know what? And I hate her. I hate him for it. I hate I hate Tom Cruise's character for that. I love Elizabeth Shoe. I I love her. I hate Brian Flanagan. What a fucking dick! (laughs) I was feeling the exact same way. So maybe they did a good job in the movie. I wrote down what a piece of shit. Like that is literally what I had written down. I was angry at him. So they're pulling my emotional heartstring here. Like I was upset what he did to Elizabeth Shue. Hey man, Elizabeth Shue's heartbreak is the world's heartbreak. Yeah. Is anyone is anyone does anyone not like Elizabeth Shue? People love Elizabeth (laughs) Shue. Everyone wants to see her find love. The next morning, full of self-loathing. Tom Cruise goes to Elizabeth Shoe's cabana, but she's gone. She's gone. Good. Good for her. Fuck out of there. She left on a flight. He doesn't deserve you. No. No. And then they try to show him looking regretful. Yeah. It was like some of the worst (laughs) acting I'd ever seen in my life. I mean, Tom Cruise gets a lot of credit for being a decent actor. He's a multi-time Oscar nominee. He has a lot of holy crap, it is horrible. (laughs) I can't believe that he couldn't put on a regret face. Like, it didn't exist. He couldn't do it. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, the rich lady is there to kind of break his fall a little bit. She tells him that she's been thinking about him. He tells her, well, the plane ride back home will cure that. What she says, though, is what I got, there ain't no cure for. He bangs her again. He's, he's basically just a whore now. Yeah. He's he become a whore. Is. Yeah. Coglin wants him to work for him. Coglin's opening a bar, tries to get we'll get the band back together, you know. But Tom Cruise has his own plans. Back in New York, we see what those plans are, or rather what they aren't, because it is not going to plan for Tom Cruise. He is a kept man. He's just there, living in her apartment. Yeah, he's really unhappy. He like, He's making her breakfast. Get me like, a carrot juice, <laughs> she says to him. Yeah. Doing all her chores. she's doing And get some one for yourself. Let's get physical exercises <laughs> yeah, in man. the morning. And, uh, and he's walking around in a... She's <laughs> fucking dressing him. Yeah, oh yeah. She's dressing him. It's pretty funny. Oh, he is fully kept... We get some wistful piano music as he roams the streets, and he sees Elizabeth Shue working in a diner. What are the chances? Jerry's, yeah. Literally, what are the chances? There's how many <laughs> million people in New York? Chance yeah, it, are pretty low, it right? It would never happen. Never. Later on at an art show, we see that Tom Cruise, how unhappy he is. He's getting shit-faced, and he ends up getting in a fight with the sculptor. Yeah, this is pretty funny. He's tired of being a kept man. He doesn't like the art, and he... Punches the sculptor through the the art and it crashes all over the ground. Yeah. Now, to be fair, a couple things here. I don't want to defend this piece of shit because he just broke Elizabeth's shoes heart, but I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it, we get the impression that he was promised by the woman that like she'd let him like run a company or give him like some startup money yeah. or something. And that fucking sculptor, goddamn! You talk about like just condescending, dismissive. He tells him to heal like a dog, and says to her that he isn't party trained yet which is like fucking... Oh, he was asking for it. He deserved point. it. Yeah. I, I think that part of the plan for the rest of this movie is just let's see if we can destroy some expensive art because this comes up again <laughs> later. Yeah. I was like... Yeah. not afraid to <laughs> smash some art. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. It reminds me of Moonraker a little bit as they're smashing everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Moonraker scene was so much better. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ten times better. it was, like, it was comical in how yeah. much art they were smashing. Oh. So that's the relationship over. And the quote we get is he tried to sell it to her, but he couldn't close the deal. He goes to see Elizabeth's shoes. She ends up dumping the specials on him, the specials of that day. He wanted to see them. He got to see them. It was hilarious, actually. I yeah. enjoyed that point. Uh, at this point, it's bothering me. I was like, okay, so she's working as a waitress in New York. He's found her. But very shortly, we're going to find something out about her and her family. And I'm really confused why she's at Jerry's. Yes, that's fair. He waits outside for her. She comes out. He throws out. This is actually a pretty nice line. He's like, spare change for my dry cleaning. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. But at her apartment, he walks her back with her, I guess. She asks him kind of why. Why did this happen? He tells her it's no big deal. Coughlin Benemy couldn't land a rich chick. <laughs> I can't believe she's upset with that. Like, oh, no big deal. Yeah. Well, come on. He says, you got to take a dare. Uh, like, this was so infuriating. What a fucking asshole. I'm mean, like, why would you do this to Elizabeth Shue? He Uh, tries to blame her. And then he does. He says that she was pushing him too hard. Oh, come on, man. She spooked him. What a piece of shit. Yeah. But he says, you know what? It won't happen again. And she's like, oh, yeah? I'm pregnant. And then she kicks him out. Well, because he literally says, I'm spooked. Yeah. (laughs) Five (laughs) seconds after, it's not going to happen again. He gets spooked. Yeah, she kicks him Good. Good. Now, and you know what? I love Elizabeth Shue, but this is not the best acting here either. Oh, God, no. It's really bad. This whole scene is horrible. The fun that this movie was is now just, like, so sad and dramatic. I'm so upset that this is what it's turned into. Oh, and it just gets worse. We're yeah. so weighed down oh. by melodrama. but It's just getting worse. He goes back to his uncle, and I start, yep. I start thinking about uh, Bruce Springsteen songs. Like, this is... God, seriously, man, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He tells him to walk away, but he cares, he cares about her. Cruz cares about her. So he goes to see her again. She's at her parents' house, and it turns out she is fucking super rich. So he can better rich chick. He did it. <laughs> fuck you, Coughlin. Yeah. Um, eat it. Which, like, at this point, we find out she's mega rich, and yeah. I'm super confused why she's working in this diner. I had the same thought. I was like, what the, why they had to show that she was down to earth? She has this disgusting apartment, which we were questioning, too. We well, I was, were like, yeah, that confused me. I'm like, how the fuck is she affording this apartment? It's a giant fucking apartment in, when, like, Manhattan. Now we know why. Um, but so, Cruz goes to find her at her, like, rich parents' house, because that's where she's going yeah fucking butler the but it's an apartment i think it's like a penis bar. the butler lets him in and the dad big times him on the handshake won't even shake his hand tells him his daughter isn't wise in the ways of the world so fucking patronizing oh he's brutal this is but it's classic, classic old rich white guy yeah yeah it's written as exactly as oh my daughter to. you know doesn't understand i want a fucking there's dick there's no subtlety at all no he cuts Cruz a check for 10 grand to hit the fucking bricks And Cruz asks him, rightly so, is that all your daughter is worth? And for a second, I'm like, is he driving up the price? Is that what (laughs) that that is? (laughs) No, Tom Cruise loves her. He does. He turns the money down. Yeah. He wants, no, deserves a second chance, but she can't trust him he tears up the check right in front of her. It's so fucking dramatic. Yeah, this hits like this sweet 80s guitar transition. Oh, <laughs> yes. I love this. I was like, oh, well, that brings it back just a little bit. This, all of this is making me super sad because I thought the movie was about sweet bartending and Tom Cruise slaying like hundreds of chicks. <laughs> Again, I'm sorry. I don't know what you want from me. I can't apologize enough for he that. He now has had three and he's gotten one pregnant and it's all gotten really fucking sad. Cruz ends up sneaking into Coglin's club. Coghlan's rich wife has purchased a bar and has him sort of running the bartending show there. Coglin's fucking thrilled to see him, calls him his only friend. It seems like he has lots of friends, but Coghlan, this is a good line too, Proctologist Dream, wall-to-wall, assholes. <laughs> 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 Coglin's the best Coughlin is so good in this He is but we find out right now That things are not going Coughlin's way Yeah he is very unhappy Because he is broke He has lost all of his wife's cash In the commodities market And his oh. wife has no idea And while he's telling Tom Cruise this He just fucking annihilates a bottle of brandy Yeah so Cruise loses a bet to him That one about whether Cruise would make it or not And he, he gives him this $500 bottle of brandy And Coglin just starts smashing it. He's already hammered and we see things are not going his way. Fuck, I've never seen a human being drink a bottle of like hard liquor this fast. He just mows through it. Because of this, Coglin's no condition to go anywhere. Cruz drives Coglin's wife home. She invites him up because she wants to talk about Doug. Turns out that she just wants to bone him. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, the very rich young woman who married Coglin to piss off her parents isn't happy. Well, and we've seen her kind of flirting with people in the periphery. Oh, There's she's some making out with people the throughout the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So Cruz turns her down, though. Fucking nice move. Finally, he could have got revenge on Coglin, and he he took the high road. But he doesn't. He doesn't have hatred in his heart for Coglin. He loves Coglin. <laughs> Everyone loves Coglin. Coglin's great. Coglin should have been in this whole movie. Everyone except for Coglin. God, that middle forty-five with no Coglin is a rough stretch <laughs> in this movie. It is. Uh, then this part's going to be really bad for you. Well, I was going to say, she 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 tries to kind of bully him into sleeping with her. And at one point, she fires off the quote. Am I supposed to live with the same man day in and day out forever and have no one else in my life? Yes. It's called marriage. It's called marriage. Yeah. Then she calls him scared and yeah, still tries to tries bully him. Bully yeah, she tries to bully him, man, but he bails out. Good on him. He goes back to the boat, check on Doug, and this is where we hit the absolute rock bottom of this movie. Coglin, <laughs> For you. For everyone. <laughs> he killed himself. He slashed his throat and wrist with the brandy bottle. This is such a dark turn from the good-natured fun of like the first like 30 minutes. Yeah. Fuck, man. This movie is so dark right here. We get into some super sad funeral scenes, and then we get a letter from Coglin. Yeah, back at the old apartment, it's a, it's a letter from Coglin. It turns out it's kind of like his suicide note. He fires off one more Coglin's Law and tells him to ignore the rest because that guy was full of shit. Man, so dour. And then we get, like a, we get an emotional Tom Cruise right here. But he, you know, he uses that emotion, he channels it into a righteous fury and he barges into Elizabeth Shue's parents' penthouse. He tells them, Doug was too proud to let Cruise help him. But Tom Cruise isn't. He's not too proud. He wants to marry Elizabeth Shue. He's got plans and money, and he's not a loser. This is where he gets into like a fist fight with three people. Yeah, Yeah, he starts fighting both the butler, the doorman, and his dad. And they're like rolling around. Her dad, her dad. Sorry, and they're smashing all of the art in there <laughs> so much art smashing this is where i was like oh okay i see the comedy is coming from the art smashing or that's what makes it dramatic yeah he literally kicks the bell the fucking bellhop or the doorman in the ass he yes. kicks him in the butt <laughs> and he fucking pushes him through a statue another statue yeah. bites the dust and we cut ahead to they're married they're having the you know celebrating their marriage in his uncle pat's bar and from there we have a nice little dissolve to now it's a bar that tom cruise owns flanagan's bar it's called cocktails and dreams yeah beautiful neon lights right above yep. it it's great and he's doing his old tricks although again without cog there it's kind of like i, I was kind of like sad i'm like there's no interplay it's just him flipping shit by himself i don't know and you know he's <laughs> st- really affected you it is yeah. and he's still telling these awful fucking poems and it ends with him saying he'll never be spooked again and then she kind of is like want to bet and whispers in his ear and they are having Drinks are on the house. And Uncle Pat's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you're not allowed (laughs) to do (laughs) that, you piece of shit. You gotta be a dick. Yeah. Um, That's it, man. We're out. And it's over. Ugh. So weird. Like, I really, really struggled with this movie in terms of whether I enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it. The rating was really difficult because my expectations that it would be really fun the whole time. It was. It was so fun. And then after that first half an hour, it did not Hold up, it got crazy dramatic, really sad. Your favorite character just started like going down the tank. Who was your favorite character? Elizabeth Shue, clearly. <laughs> well, that's fair. I'd, yeah. Oh. Everyone loves her. So yeah, I don't know. For me, you know, we'll rate it on a scale of 1 to 10 for how bad and a scale of 1 to 10 for how enjoyable. Looking for that elusive, crit elusive. 20, 20 20 20 20 And is that is not going no, no to be this movie. No fucking chance. 20. No. For how bad it is for me, I hate the the downturn. Yeah. We're having fun. We're enjoying it. All of a sudden, everything gets so fucking serious. And I get It's supposed to be a drama. Is it supposed to be like fucking Oscar bait? Like, Yeah. If it is, they have fired so far wide of the mark. I don't even believe it. Some of the acting's terrible. The soundtrack is great. I mean, I'll say that for oh, the soundtrack. Yeah. But I just can't get behind this like soap opera level of melodrama. And again, some of it seems like so unrealistic. As I'm saying this, I feel like my number should be higher. I have this as a seven for bad. Okay. Because the first... So we had, with Can't Stop the Music, we said the second half so much better than the first half. In this movie, it's the exact opposite. Great first half, and it just fucking nosedives. The plane crashes into a goddamn mountain. Yeah. Seven for me, though. Maybe it should be higher. I wrote down seven. I'm sticking with seven. Okay. So for me, this was a struggle because I gave it three rankings. All right. Three. You I, I said two. Three. Okay. One for the first half an hour, one for the rest of the movie, and then an average ranking based out of those two. So the first half an hour of the movie for me... Hold on, everyone. Get your calculators ready. Yeah. And <laughs> give me some chart it's paper. It's not a real average. Uh, so the first half an hour, I gave it a bad rating of five because I didn't think it's it was very bad. bad. It was good. Yeah, I yeah, was having a good time. The rest of the movie is a goddamn eight. Okay. Maybe a nine. Like, really yeah. bad. So I averaged that out to also be a bad rating of seven. Okay. So overall, it is a bad seven. Enjoyable parts, but I would, maybe wouldn't stick around for the whole thing. Watch watch 35 minutes, then turn it <laughs> off and be like, fuck, man, those guys are cool. I hope what a good I movie. Yeah, they had a, I I, they turn had it had well a great life, yeah. right? Yeah. So I mean, how- yeah, I guess the messaging in the movie is like being a materialistic, chauvinistic, womanizing bartender is not going to lead to great things. And that just makes everyone sad. Well, yeah, it is definitely. There's a critique in there about the materialist thing. Because Coughlin, he said it was a miracle when he got this rich to marry him and he ends up fucking depressed yeah. and like you know if she fucking divorces him he's right back where he started he's still a bartender he's still whatever but the fact that he lost all her money slash i guess his money that's that's what fucking drives him to the grave which is god so fucking materialistic it's so dark like it, yeah and i mean i i kind of agree with some of the sentiment of the writers of that movie like just in terms of principles but i wanted to watch this movie for fucking fun yeah and we're getting into enjoyability here the first 30 minutes is a 10 that's so good. This movie's really fun. The rest of the movie, it's a fucking five. Okay. At best. So like, what, do you, what do you, did you average it again? What do you got? Yeah, it? it's a seven. That's higher than I have, man. I have this is a six. Yeah, well, that's fair. I just, I can't get behind, I can't get behind the downturn and the emotional weight they try and apply to this. I just really like, again, I think of like what might have been. I was fucking loving, I could watch those two flair bartend and crack jokes and shit oh, and Flanagan, or not Flanagan, Coglin just doling out his like, Years of Street it's Wisdom. wisdom. Yeah. Fuck, I watched that all day. <laughs> and they just drive it into the ground, literally in Coglin's case. So, yeah, man, not great. Yeah, Cocktail, not a movie that I ever want to watch again. Uh, throw, it, throw it in the pile. Yeah, it's like most of them. That the one's not going to come out again. again. Do if you, you understand? Do you believe it could have been the worst movie in the year it came out? I don't know the other movies that are there, but absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because I bet you a lot of people would criticize the first half that we enjoyed. And then a lot of people would also be like, "What the hell? That was supposed to be a fun movie. What have you done to this piece of shit?" Yeah, it seems like it's going to be fun. Although, you know what? I think about that now. I'm looking at like the the DVD cover, and he has kind of like a very serious look on his face. So maybe that's that's the that that poster tells you like this is not going to be the fun you think it is. We should have known. I'm curious. I should watch the preview now. I'm wondering what the like what the trailer was like. Yeah, I don't know. That's it is interesting. I don't know how they sort of marketed it because it definitely did not come off to me as a fun movie. I feel like this is a movie that they showed, uh, replayed on television and they always, like Tons, the previews yeah. you would see were always him having fun doing a like Absolutely. great time stuff. Well, that, so, those are know. the money parts, right? Like yeah. the first, I, you know, I've always thought being a bartender would be like a pretty fun, like cool job. After watching this, I'm like, maybe not. Maybe not so much. I think that's the struggle we had with this, right? Because you almost, uh, as like two men to like we this is sort of something where we were kind of like this would have been a fun thing to have well done. you were so excited for him to like sleep with i guess dozens of women <laughs> you promised me dozens of women i did so. not <laughs> say dozens man i said it was a lot but i whatever i thought it was going to be entertaining to live vicariously through tom cruise and it wasn't no what about the beer though half remembered dream i fucking love this beer this is one of my favorite beers ever i just love it I, it tastes like swedish berries that it's got a beautiful Beautiful, fucking fruity, sour taste. Like, I can't get enough of it. It is delicious. Um, There's no complaints from me. I agree. It starts out with that um, taste of Swedish berries. Big time. They mention that in the poem in the back also. Yeah, and then you sort of get those other barrel-aged notes, though. Like, as it lingers or as you taste a little more, you get those really nice... Which is good because flavor. I think without that it would be like too sweet almost. Yeah, it'd be like hitting a sourpuss. Yeah, the, uh, that's exactly her, right. It'd right? be drinking, like, drinking a whole bottle of sourpuss. But instead, which we've probably done, but uh, instead, <laughs> <laughs> but instead, it sort of ends in a, in a really nice, more sort of sophisticated way. I really enjoy it. It's great. You know what? All their shit is good. Check it out. I've had several of their of their varieties and flavors, and they are tremendous. So small pony barrel works in uh, Ottawa, Ontario, technically Canada, whatever. It's great, great, great. Check them out. If you're ever in the area or see them in a store, snatch up a bottle because you will not regret it. That's awesome. Yeah, man. So that'll pretty much put a bow on cocktail. Thank goodness. <laughs> Next week, we're going to be watching Maximum Overdrive. Okay. That sounds exciting. I have no idea what this is. Written by Stephen King. It's about uh, like machines coming to life and attacking humans. This is going to be great. It's supposed to be Fucking tarot, but like in a good way. So I so oh right in our right in our wheelhouse. That sounds perfect. If you wanna share some feedback or uh talk to us about our podcast where can you be in touch yes we are at the bmb podcast on instagram and twitter please follow us if you haven't already and like share subscribe to our podcast and also if you want to send us any suggestions for beers and or movies it's the bmb podcast at gmail.com yeah we'd love to hear from you and thank you very much for listening today i'm cooper and i'm nola and we'll see you next time on bad movies and beer keep it cocky oh (laughs) He pours. He rains.